Ladies and gentlemen, today is December 20th, 2019, and today is the end of the Skywalker Saga. Yes, you have tuned in to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 73, but I had to point that out because my wife and I are going to see Star Wars tonight, and we are very, very excited about it. I am Wrestle Life Matt. I'm here with my cousin Micah. Nope, my brother Micah and my cousin Kyle. What yep, are you not telling me? Yep, nope, my bad, my bad. And uh, we're here to tell you all about this week in wrestling. Darth Sidious kills Dumbledore. Oh no! Spoiler alert! Spoiler Come on, man, alert! I haven't seen it yet. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Uh, but before we do that, we're going to go on December nineteenth because that's when we're recording it. Even though the episode is going to be released on the twentieth. We're going to give you this day in wrestling history. Not breaking kayfabe over here. 20 years ago today, Starcade 99 happened. And what most people remember about Starcade 99, no, it's not Norman Smiley defeating Ming to retain the WCW Hardcore Championship. It's not Vampiro defeating Oklahoma. It's not even Diamond Dallas Page defeating David Flair in a crowbar on a pole match. That's right. This was WCW's WrestleMania. What most people remember about Starcade 99 was the fact that Goldberg kicked Bret Hart's head off and ruined and ended his career 20 years ago today. Mm-hmm. I will say... I've always kind of struggled with this because, I mean, obviously Goldberg was not the best in-ring worker, but a lot of people do give him crap for, you know, ending Bret Hart's career. But it was honestly, Goldberg kicked him, gave him a concussion, and then Bret kept working with the concussion. So there are many reasons why Bret Hart's career ended because people didn't pay attention to concussions back then. It wasn't a big deal. But yes, Goldberg... Did give him a concussion by kicking him in the face. But yeah, guys like gets a lot of crap for that. <laughs> That's fair. It's a fair thing to yeah. say. Ten years later, on December 19th, 2009, ten years ago today, Ring of Honor presents Final Battle. And I'm going to give you some names, some matches that happened, and I bet you'll know some of the names. Claudio Castanoli. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We know him as Cesaro. Defeated Rhett Titus, Colt Cabana, and Kenny, o- Kenny Omega in a Four Corners match. In the main event, Austin Ar- Aries defeated Tyler... No, no, no. Austin Aries and Tyler Black, who is Seth Rollins, went to a one-hour draw for the World Championship. Hmm. But what most people remember this... Are you saying they burn it down? No. That's not no, what I'm saying. And so what most people remember about this pay-per-view was the Young Bucks defeating two very well-known independent wrestlers called Kevin Steen and El Generico. Back when Young Bucks were winning matches. Yeah. Young Bucks defeated Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And uh, this was the the post-match where Kevin Steen turned on Generico and set off what most people believe to be the the best independent rivalry of all time. 
Yeah, not definitely not the best WWE rivalry. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was really, really good in the independence. It lasted for years, long time. Really, so. until like they signed with WWE, I believe. Yeah. Because they had that crazy ladder match to basically end it before they got shipped off to the uh, to that place in Connecticut. Yeah. You know, I believe Sami Zayn told me or, or told the wrestling community. Oh, he t- told you that you no, got his no, number? No, no, no. sorry. I, I wish. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I'd like to hang you out. Dropping with him. names, Matt? Yeah, no. Sami Zayn, my best friend. No. Um, I, I believe that he said that El Generico was like working at a uh, an orphanage, I believe is what it is, back in his native Mexico. Oh, yeah. That's very. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Alongside Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre? Is that, is that where he's working? I would love to see El Generico versus Nacho Libre. I would pay money to see that. We're, we're just going to move right on. We're going to move right on from that. Um, El Generico. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to SmackDown. And uh, let's discuss it for a minute. So why don't you get started? I will get started. Let me grab my notes, which I just closed because I'm an idiot. Good job. <laughs> so I'm not uh, editing that at all, by the way. If that's no, true. no. I wouldn't ask you to. <laughs> so SmackDown hailing from Milwaukee, Wisconsin this week. So we got a bunch of northerners up in a cold Wisconsin right now. This is a December 13th show, by the way. The Go Home Show for TLC. Oh my gosh. This this was the show they decided to go home for TLC. So show starts with Corbin being carried out by his servants as usual. And Dolph Ziggler just met him in the ring looking like a homeless movie director. Uh, I got to say though, I'm liking this new Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he is a, uh, basically Corbin was in the ring today saying he had a great 2019 listing all of his accolades for the year, like winning King of the ring and whatnot. Ziggler's just being his hype man the entire time, just repeating everything he said. just being annoying. Uh, says he wants to Corbin says he wants to humiliate Roman at TLC by the way of tables, ladders, chairs. That's my Corbin impression. That's uh, which that's just not bad. sounded like an idiot. Yep. Uh, the fans start chanting, "You look stupid at him." <laughs> uh, Ziggler tried to start it all. By hell. the way, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Ziggler tried to start all hell. The King Corbin chant. Uh, then. Corbin says something about it's a new day, which is the most lazy attempt to drop that line to signal the new day to come out. And so new day who are probably playing video games in the back on up, up, down, down, heard their calling. They come down to the ring. They mock Corbin and they, you know, they start running him down. Then Corbin turns around and mocks Kofi for losing to Brock Lesnar in seven seconds. And then Kofi, like a loser has to go. Actually it was eight seconds, but that's neither yeah, here nor how there. How can he bury himself like that? I mean, my God. <laughs> Former champion. I would have been like, actually, it was eight <laughs> seconds, but that's neither here nor there. I didn't write that. Like, I 100% would have said that. Yeah. So, basically, he said he he picked himself up and he won the tag team titles. He didn't stay down. And I was like, hey, you didn't stay down, but you, te- you took two steps back, buddy. Or at least they made him te- take two steps yeah. back. Uh, <laughs> Kofi then said... He saw what Corbin did to Roman last week, uh, and he didn't like it, but he didn't say anything about uh, clearly not coming out to help him. Uh, Then he shoves Corbin in the face. Corbin gets mad, vows to humiliate him like he did Roman, and they basically announce Corbin and Ziggler versus Kofi 
and Big E later in the night. So that's going to be your, your main event of the show. We also get a recap of Wyatt and Miz from last week. The whole basically saga of what was happening last week. And then we had Corbin and Ziggler walking backstage. They run into the dead Royal security. Somebody had beaten them up. And uh, then we went to commercial break. Then we had Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They're in the ring. They recap there. And for those who can't see, because this is an audio podcast, I'm quoting very strongly here. Their feud with Nikki and Alexa, a.k.a. them getting beat up for two weeks straight. At least two weeks. Yeah. So they recap that. And in the back, for some reason, before right before their match, Kayla decides this is a perfect time to snag an interview with Bliss Cross Applesauce. We're gonna, we're, so we're gonna, she starts we're talking to them. Right past that name because, oh boy. <laughs> so Bliss Cross Applesauce is getting interviewed here. Uh, Mandy and Sonya Deville run to the back to attack Bliss Cross Applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> they start beating them up. They fight on the stage and into the ring. And then this sets up a match between Fire and Desire and Bliss Cross Applesauce. Basically, the faces get the advantage early, but the heels take over. Fire and Desire try a double suplex, but Bliss grabs Rose, pulls her out of the ring. Nikki Cross supposedly hits her neck breaker, which the camera didn't even really catch. And uh, they pick up the win. So why is this happening? I don't know. So basically, this match amounts to nothing. It was a nothing match. In the back, Sami Zayn runs into heavy machinery. Or Otis, out of the goodness of his heart, gives Sammy a present for Christmas. And it is, yes, a giant Milwaukee ham where Sammy Zayn has to tell him he hates the gift because he's a vegan. And Otis is so appalled. He is just <laughs> flabbergasted at this man saying he doesn't eat meat. He's super sad. And Carol was like, look at Otis. He's so sad. He's, he's just devastated. <laughs> so he apologized to Zayn. But Zane won't accept it, and he instead chooses to mock Otis, which, I mean, just a heel move here. The crowd's just hating it, Hate, hating Sammy, I should say, not hating the segment. And then they, they make Otis and Tucker mad, but Nakamura and Sadaro show up to save Sammy from a massive beating. Zane promises that they're going to beat Heavy Machinery later tonight, and then Cesaro threw the ham on the ground for some heat. <laughs> I actually crowd just so loves Otis and they're so sorry, feel sorry for him. I got really excited there for a second because I thought Cesaro was going to come back and just like grab the ham and just be like, actually, I'll, uh, I'll take this and then leave. And I would have laughed so <laughs> hard, but he just tossed it on the ground. And I'm like, man, like, okay, fine. He'll heat. But uh, it would have just been so good if he would have just like gingerly came back to grab the ham and leave. Or just Otis way to pick it up. Ryan, so. <laughs> Otis pick it up and just say five second rule or and something. And then eating it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. It'd be a perfect comedy sketch. It is meat. And uh, yeah. we all know how heavy machinery loves their meat. Yeah. They're blue collar. <laughs> so then after this segment, we have the Revival versus Ollie G. Revival come out and Dash Wilder trips over the set. <laughs> Is he the first casualty of the new set? Yeah, I, I believe so. It was it was incredible. It's been memed for the last week, and it's terrific. By the way, thank you for keeping yeah. that Ollie G name going. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No, that's their tag. <laughs> if, if it's Bliss Cross Applesauce, we can have Ollie G. So. <laughs> Ollie G is so much better. Oh, yeah. It's better than just Ollie and Shorty G. So Ollie G is what 100%. it's going to be. 
So like I said, Wilder trips over the stage. He tries to play it off. Like, you know, he's making fun of Ollie G, but yeah, can't cover that up, buddy. Uh, this was actually a really good match um, and a pretty boring show, but really good match. Uh, basically, Revival isolated Gable early uh, until they tried a double a powerbomb combo on Gable, but Gable was able to catch Dawson with a power slam. Then we go to commercial break, but after Ollie G are basically in control, and they had an awesome spot where Gable hit a rolling German suplex on Dawson, but Wilder hit a splash on Gable, and then Ollie immediately hit him with a 450. For a near fall. That was, that was awesome. Uh, Ollie goes for a tornado DDT, but Dawson countered. Ollie then tries to attempt it again, but gets caught with a shatter machine and a revival pick up the win. Obviously, they're going into TLC uh, against New Day, so they had to pick up the win here, but really good match. Uh, again, Ollie G are awesome. Uh, no, nothing new here, but uh, then in the back, we have Kayla, who's interviewing Bailey, who claims Sasha Banks is off recording an album. If it's not titled Boss Time, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Suddenly, Elias is playing his guitar in the background, and Bailey tells him to leave. He then ends, Elias plays a song mocking Bailey and Banks, which Dana Brooke is there again, and she finds it so funny. Uh, so basically, Bailey gets mad and child challenges Brooke to meet her in the ring. And that sets up Bailey versus Dana Brooke. Uh, basically a nothing match. It's weird too, because they've kind of been pushing Dana. I mean, I'm not saying she needs to beat Bailey here, but this was still like a nothing match. It was basically so a squash. it didn't really it didn't do her any favors. And yeah, it's, it's essentially a squash match. Uh she did. Basically, what happened was Bailey slapped her. Dana Brooke ran wild for a little bit, and she gets hit with a clothesline. Later on in the match, she did have a highlight where she hit a Batista bomb. For her, her man Batista, because that's what I'm trying to say. There, it looked like they were going to give her a little bit of something because she's gone out of her way online to get something with Batista, whether it's you know a rib or you know if it's just an angle they're trying to do or something. Uh, but they've been putting her on SmackDown with Elias at the same time. But so you thought maybe she'd get a little something here, but no. Basically, Bailey just attacks her knee, which she was working on, and then hits some weird new finisher like. She hooked her arm and just threw her face in the mat. She's like, done I don't that a couple it. times, but I don't, I don't really like it. No, it but looks it's better than the Bailey to belly, which is a terrible finisher. Just do the elbow, or so. I mean, I yeah, guess I like the elbow. The elbow is like a baby face move, but maybe a variation of it or something. I don't know. Yeah, anything's better than this move. <laughs> it's just basically she like hooks her arm, like just one arm, and then just throws her face in the mat. So she should just roll them up. I mean, yeah. Why not? She's a it's heel. It's the most dangerous move in all of professional wrestling. I mean, she's she's a heel, so she could do it. Um, basically, after that, we get another recap of Wyatt Miz again, and then another Beaker vignette. I'm um, sorry, a Sheamus vignette. That was I good. I keep getting those like guys it. confused. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then after this, we have a sit-down interview with Renee Young and The Miz. So a, Re- a Renee Young sighting on a WWE TV show. It is a Fox show, too, so I guess she can make appearances. Since I guess she's no longer a WWE employee, <laughs> or so they say. But she basically interviews Miz in his own home because he's not going to SmackDown this week. He's staying at his house. At least he was somewhat of a smart babyface here by not, you know, following, you know, going to TV so break and attack his family again. Right. But he ends up doing it anyway because Renee's basically having an interview, saying she has asking the Miz about Daniel Bryan. Miz says he hasn't seen or heard from Daniel Bryan. 
Uh, they discuss the history between Miz and Brian, and they say Miz says they never got along. They even recap the Talking Smack segment that uh, Renee Young was a part of, and uh, they talk, you know, about the history. Miz says they never got along, but you know he's, you know, he's sympathized with Brian. He knows he's got a family, and he says it was time for him to do the right thing. Then he talks about Wyatt and his mind game, saying Bray crossed the line. Uh, Renee asks Miz if he's afraid of, Bra- of Bray, and the Miz pauses for a second, and Marie starts yelling in the background, Mike, Mike, Mike. I thought she was L for a second <laughs> from uh, Stranger Things. Uh, so Miz jumps up and runs to her aid. She grabs her iPad baby monitor, which is the most, <laughs> I guess I just, I'm, I mean, obviously I work in like technology, but like having baby monitors on an iPad, which is like, yeah, I just wasn't expecting it, but they, they have one. So they see Monroe playing with all the Fireflies fun, Firefly Funhouse puppets. So Huskus is in there, the Sister Abigail puppet or whatever is in there. So they run up there. Uh, oh, and also I forgot to say the screen on the iPad switches over Firefly Funhouse. And Bray does a good job of plugging his show because he puts the logo in the bottom corner while he's scaring Ms. and Maurice. He's a marketing expert. So he is. So basically Ms. and Maurice rush up to the baby. Okay, they grab the baby who's in the crib, clearly terrified. And this baby does an awesome acting job. And I say that because she's clearly <laughs> not old enough to be yeah. acting. So she did an awesome job. It like turned out great. Couldn't have d- done any better yep. here. She's pointing at the crib, crying. They look and there is a baby doll in the crib with Bray Wyatt's fiend mask like painted on it for the face. And so Miz is like, how did this get in here? Maurice is appalled. They're freaking out. Maurice slaps it out of his hand. She's like, put that down. The baby's terrified. And the Miz just says, get out of here, cameraman. We're done. We're done. This is over. And Miz promptly interrupts the interview. And then we have Bray Wyatt with another Firefly Funhouse segment right after. He says, no one likes snitches. And he also says that Brian is still with the fiend. Wyatt says he's trained himself to feel no pain and that he could teach Miz to not love if he wanted to. And if he would just let him in. He then yelled that Marine five was fire. Yes. That was so good. (laughs) And uh, that was the firefly funhouse segment. But all in all, I like this segment a lot. Uh, The, obviously the interview was pretty by the numbers, but them interrupting the segment and having the baby, like that was like a good way to do the, like, I like this way more than like having some weird backstage like when they did the Rollins, yeah. you know, going in on the Firefly Funhouse, like this was much was. better very version well done. of doing something to that. So very well done. I, I liked it. Yeah, that was uh, good. yeah. So after this, we have Nakamura and Cesaro versus Heavy Machinery. Basically, uh, the heels were in control at the first part of this match, isolating Tucker. Then Tucker finally was able to hit a Thez press, making the hot tag to Otis. Otis runs wild as he usually does. The crowd just loves him. Wisconsin's also uh, his home state, so they're just loving him. Nakamura attempts a Kinshasa, but he gets caught by Otis. Uh, Cesaro then made the save. Otis went for the Caterpillar. Zane jumped on the apron, distracted Otis. And Cesaro dumped him out of the ring. Nakamura hit the Kinshasa on Tucker, and they picked up the win here. So, again... Baby faces cannot win in their hometown for anything in WWE, so they're just getting heat on them, I guess. But, you know, it was fine. It wasn't like the worst, you know, thing possible. Like I said, they they got good heat early on in the show, and it was what it was. So it was a pretty good match for what it was. 
Um, but yeah, they also, uh, after this recapped, Batista and NWO going into the Hall of Fame this year. And then we have the main event of the evening, which is Corbin versus Kofi Kingston. Corbin came down the ring, had a ton of security around him. Then uh, basically Kofi had the advantage early, sent Corbin to the floor. Kim Kingston uh, followed up with a crossbody to the floor, went to commercial break. We came back and Corbin was in control for some reason. Uh, he sent Kofi back first in the barricade. Uh, Kofi managed to make a brief comeback. Uh, this is when the fans start chanting Burger King at Corbin again. Uh, Kofi hit an SOS for near fall, hit a boom drop. Uh, Ziggler gra- uh, grabbed Kofi's leg, but the referee caught him. He ejected Ziggler from ringside. Then Ziggler uh, ran back and attacked Biggie. A brawl broke out. The referee caught for the bell. Uh, Biggie grabbed the mic and said, We want a tag team match. Which is my, uh, what's Teddy his face? Long. Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> so we come back from the break. Heels are confirmedly in control again. Uh, they isolate Biggie basically uh, until Biggie's able to hit a belly to belly and gets a hot tagged Kofi. Kofi runs wild on Ziggler, but Corbin cuts him off. Uh, Ziggler rocks Biggie with a super kick on the floor. Corbin beat down Kingston, and uh, Ziggler was able to pull out some handcuffs. They handcuff Kingston, uh, and the referee called the bell. So they're basically trying to do what they did to Roman last week. As Corbin did say, he wanted to humiliate, 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 if I can get that word out, uh, Kingston like he did Roman Reigns. So they're trying to do that. Basically, the heels beat down Kingston, chained to the ring post. Uh, he pulls out dog food again. Uh, the Revival show up and hit a shatter machine on Big E. The heels are all ganging up on uh, you know the babe faces. And then Roman Reigns' music hits. He runs down to the ring. He's beating up the security. Revival, Ziggler, they try to get in. He beats them up. Corbin jumps Reigns from behind. Reigns fights him back. Rocks Corbin with a Superman punch. Then Ziggler rocks Reigns with a super kick. Revival. Uh, hold Reigns on the announce table. Ziggler climbs up on the ladder. Then Biggie's managed to recover and attacks Revival. Reigns climbs up uh, the ladder and chokeslams Ziggler through the table to end the show and sends us into TLC. So a fairly good main event. It was kind of like, you know, a lot going on, but, you know, they got it. They had to do something here to uh, end, you know, the show to, you know, kind of get fans excited about TLC and, you know, not bury too many teams here. So I thought at least it was a good involvement of, you know, the Corbin and rain story combining the new day and revival stuff. So I thought it was fine. It it wasn't like amazing or anything, but it was, I thought it was fine. It was good. It was really nice so, to see Kofi in the main event again. It was, you know, he, which he probably should be there more often, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, like I said, it was a good job of incorporating all the stories. And, uh, I agree. It was nice seeing Kofi back in the spotlight, uh, which he has not been as of late really. So, uh, overall I thought the show was okay. Like it wasn't, I mean, boring through some parts, like I said, the, the, uh, the Alexa bliss, the bliss cross applesauce fire desire match was nothing. The Bailey and Dana Brooke. I don't know what it is, but like, I mean, the Lacey Evans stuff has been okay as of late, but other than that, there's been nothing going on. I mean, they've got the, or no, they don't have the tag team titles in SmackDown, so I guess they don't know what to do with the women, right. but they've been doing nothing in the tag team. Um, the Revival and K- Gable, Ollie, or Ollie G, I should say, they had a good match, but in the mid-segment, 
with uh, Bray Wyatt is pretty good. But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of great stuff on the show. Really, I'd give it a B minus because it didn't piss me off or anything. So it was a decent show. What I mean, did you get to see the show, Matt? What did you think? I did. I didn't like it as much as you did. I don't know. I, mean, I didn't dislike the show. I was just kind of bored through it. Yeah, it did. It had boring parts, but it wasn't like bad. Like yeah, it wasn't, that is true. So that that's why, like, I don't. It's it's right on the line of like a B minus C plus yeah. to me. Like it's not like it was just it was it was okay. It was like fine. It was better than raw like, like, this week. Yeah, so that's why I don't want to give it too harsh because it didn't piss me off. Like it, I watched it and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, the main event segment kind of, like I said, it wasn't good, but it it was fine. Yeah. So. Isn't it at least Reigns got to come out and they had like somewhat of a happy ending kind of leading into it, it wasn't like all the baby faces being yeah, dead. That's true. You know, so it could have been. Isn't worse. it isn't it sad that an episode that didn't piss you off is above average? Yeah. This is very sad. <laughs> that yes. It is very sad, but very, you know, it's yeah. It's the, if it doesn't it's a piss true me statement off, it's, on WWE television. It certainly is. Yeah. At least the main roster for sure. Yep. So before I get into Raw. I'm I'm not going over TLC. We're not going to do it. We didn't do the preview. We're not going to do a review show. And I know I told you that when we switch this new format, we're still going to do preview and review shows. But the reality is we all had Christmas stuff going on, and WWE did not care about this pay-per-view. And so we also do not care about the pay-per-view. And I want to tell you that last week I described Raw as a roller coaster where it you know, started climbing, and then it peaked, and then at the end it was just crap. And let me tell you, TLC, for those of you that didn't see it, was basically like jumping out of an airplane because you're you're flying high and you've got New Day versus the Revival and you're like man everything up here is so beautiful and you get Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy and you're like man this might actually turn out better than I think and then you jump out of the airplane without a parachute that's what TLC was the rest of the pay-per-view was crap moving on to Raw <laughs> I mean seriously yeah, it really was. Yeah. I, if you want to go watch it, I would recommend definitely the first two matches and then just turn it yeah, off. They were both so like, good. As soon as the bell rings and they like, I wouldn't even wait to the next segment. Just turn it yeah. off. Yeah, both great yeah. matches. So Raw opened up with the Seth Rollins Authors of Pain recap, which is smart. That's the biggest thing they've got going for them. Samoa Joe was on commentary. Samoa Joe's amazing on commentary, but it sure is going to be weird when he comes back and he wants to pretend to be a murderer. I think I said this last week, but he wants to pretend to be a murderer when he's just been like, he's just a guy. And he's like, oh, that's a terrible thing that guy did. I've also done terrible things, but they're always a means to an end. <laughs> All right, that's fine. We go to the ring. Seth Rollins is out there. He takes the mic and he says that he's going to be doing some things that the fans don't agree with. He says that Akam and Rezar. So nothing new, I guess. Yeah. He <laughs> says that Akam and Rezar are going to be the first two men on the right side of history. He said being a leader isn't about being cool and making the popular decisions. We all know we live in America. Ah, hashtag politics. Sorry, I'll edit that out. It's about, he said it's about making decisions for the sake of progress. And uh, he says it's not easy for everyone to understand. And I guess like someone like Kevin Owens. And so this mm-hmm. was the most overscripted promo after his just amazing, passionate promo last week. Like this was still pretty good, but it was so scripted. And just some of the things were so dumb. And he's like, I'm just going to let you guys know. I want to go ahead and apologize. I'm going to make a decision tonight that's not going to be very popular. You won't like it. I just want to warn you in advance. And they leave. 
Mm-hmm. All right, what will it be? You know, is obviously he's going to do something hellish. He's going to attack somebody, whatever. So, uh, Samoa Joe puts over the AOP because he's awesome. And we get the Viking Raiders versus the OC. And we didn't tell you about the TLC match because we didn't cover TLC, but they had a KFC fight. They didn't. They had a regular tables or a regular match that had a KFC table. KFC. I KFC. Mean, oh my gosh. KFC. It ended in a no contest. So then they decide to put it on Raw and have the OC win. And I'm like, why in the world are you wasting my time on a pay-per-view if you're just going to give me the exact same thing the next night on Raw? Also, the Viking Raiders were super over at TLC because they were at Minnesota and people were doing NFL Viking chants. You know what? They didn't get a win. I didn't. So. Not only that, they've been putting them over with these geeks for like the last, I mean, forever, like just letting them, you know, beat up jobbers. And for what? Like they just came out here and like you said, first they had a big, finally a big match against the T, like a you know formidable team yeah. at TLC that they didn't win when the crowd was entirely behind him. And then they just come out here and lose. I I don't understand WWE's booking decisions when it comes with a lot of stuff, but specifically when it comes to the tag team division, because they just bring in new people and then they, they're like, Oh, we're going to have them beat jobbers to put them over. And then they don't let them beat anyone else. And I just don't get it. I don't know. And then Samoa Joe was on commentary and he was like, well, they, you know, they wrestled at TLC for a, you know, to a no contest. And then they won here cleanly on raw and but it was a non-title yeah, match. But Smojo rightfully time. says they should be the tag team champions, Actually, and they should he be. Said, the OC are your new tag team champions, and but then he corrected himself. He's like, "Actually, uh, my yeah. mistake. What I really meant was they should be the champions because they just defeated the the champs." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's exactly how you know that's how titles." <laughs> it's work, probably yeah. Smojo like getting his commentary, and they're like, "What he really yeah. thinks?" But he did, <laughs> they should be the he champions. He does such a good job because he really he really credited himself and didn't look like an idiot. And not many people could yeah. do that. Yeah. So we go back. Sarah Schreiber's trying to find out what's in Eric Rowan's pet cage. He says, it's something I love. Mind your business. Moving on. AJ Styles is celebrating with those mother lovers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And he says, guys, you did a great job winning. You're the best tag team in the world. And you've got the trophy to prove it. And tonight in the main event, I'm going to beat Randy Orton. I've already done it at WrestleMania. But I'm not just going to beat him. I'm going to destroy him and end his career. And they're like, we have your back. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm AJ Styles. I'm the phenomenal one. And I am going to do this on my own. But it's not a very heelish thing to do. It's Mm -hmm. also not in AJ's character because they have been interfering in his matches since he turned heel. We get Eric Rowan versus a jobber. And the jobber's like, hmm, I wonder what's in this cage. I mean, I don't understand. (laughs) <laughs> Eric Rowan beats the jobber. Dumb match. Move on. Charlie yeah. Caruso's in the back with Andrade and Zelina Vega. This was good. Andrade's great. Zelina Vega's great. Please don't break them up. Please. Andrade cuts a very good promo in Spanish. Zelina Vega kind of mocks Charlie. And... Uh, they say they're going to win the six-man United States Championship number one contender gauntlet match later tonight. Yep. Yay. We come back, we get a teaser for Liv Morgan. She's going to have a makeover. She's in the bathtub. Whatever. In the tub of reincarnation. Yeah. Actually, that I would have watched that. That would be cool. Um, Bobby Lashley and Lana came out, and uh, 
it, it was it was bad, but not as bad as they usually are. Is that a fair thing to say? Did you see? Uh, I think it was Kayla or somebody on Twitter said she would give up like her salary to not see Lana and Bobby Lashley in the ring again yeah, or something I like that. I didn't see that. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> but was it's great. just so bad. Oh, and Lana's like, yeah. I I want you to ask me to marry you, and Bobby's like, Wait a second. I don't like it when people tell me what to do and the crowd pops and my beautiful wife says, Oh, I guess they're over. And so then he's like, except for you. And then he asked her to marry him and yeah, we'll get a Rusev day chant. So we're going to get a, we're going to wedding. Segment. Yeah. We get a Rusev day chant. We get a Bobby sucks chant. And, uh, as much as I absolutely despise this, I hate to admit it, but I think it's kind of gotten over with with casual fans. I do. I mean, I think Rusev has for sure. I mean, like I said, he he's at least not a dumb baby yeah. face anymore. He's given up, you know, and he's he changes character a little bit to not be a sucker. So that worked out in his favor. But and I mean, I've said that like this probably could have worked a lot better if they had made it like actually make a little bit of sense, but. Because I don't know, I don't think it's a terrible idea. It's just that they've done such stupid segments with him. It's just kind of soured it. But I mean, hey, maybe they're hitting you know some stride, and the fans are getting yeah. behind it. But yeah, it could have been yep, good, definitely. It hey, it's 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 better than it was for sure. Lana's just Lana is go away heat for me. Like I, she's not enjoyable, and I legitimately I want to turn the channel. Like with last week's episode during the divorce signings, I would have turned off the TV if I wasn't reviewing Raw. That's how how bad I thought it was. You were going to turn it off until Mr. Rusev Day came out in his Donald Duck shirt. That was incredible. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so we get a gauntlet match to determine the new number one contender to Rey Mysterio's WWE United States Championship title with what I was told is six of the top WWE Raw superstars. I'm going to give you these superstars, all right? <laughs> you tell me what you think, all right? Okay. Ricochet. Yeah. Okay. Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, yeah. Won his last they're, couple they're, matches. Their tag team name is Other, apparently. Yep. Mm -hmm. Andrade, who just lost twice in a row. Mm -hmm. Matt Hardy, legend. But what? what's the last time he's done anything? He was a tag team championship with Jeff, and then Jeff got injured, and now he's like addicted to drugs, and he's still off TV. Yep. You have R-Truth, who is very entertaining, but is not exactly what I'd say a champion. When did he win back the 24-7 title? He is a champion. <laughs> yes, he is. It was on, like, I don't know, Facebook or YouTube. some crap. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't know. And Akira Tozawa, who, now I'm not talking wrestling ability, because the dude is incredible. But he doesn't win matches. Well, he, he's literally been a jobber for like the last yeah. couple weeks. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, you, uh, you go, you go do this. You deserve he gets a an opportunity." Gauntlet match for a championship opportunity. So stupid, so stupid. Um, Tazawa and R Truth start. Tazawa gets the win. R Truth has goobers chase him out of the ring. Tazawa and Ricochet is next. This match, and I'm not going into detail because I don't want to go too long. This lasted forever. Yeah, Tazawa and Ricochet was next. That was. Awesome. It was so good. Ricochet gets the win. 
Matt Hardy comes out. Ricochet also beats Matt Hardy. That was pretty stinking good. Matt still has it. He's obviously a little more sluggish, but the dude is like in his late 40s. So give him a break. And Ricochet can wrestle. Who knew? Yeah. I mean, come on. Now we get Ricochet versus Humberto Carrillo. And this was really interesting. And I knew it was going to be good. But Ricochet is like half dead as Humberto comes to the ring. And obviously they have some sort of friendship because they just tagged with Rey Mysterio, the two of them. And uh, Humberto helps Ricochet up in a show of sportsmanship. And Ricochet rolls him up immediately. And I really liked that. Because I didn't see, oh, Ricochet, he's this dirty, dastardly heel. I thought, oh, it's Ricochet. He just went through two grueling matches. He knows that his friend will defeat him. So he is trying to get a one-up on him. And he is focusing on that title. You know, I can see that. But the reason I didn't like it is because Ricochet has been a loser. Okay. So I saw this as... Umberto's going to the corner to shake his hand. He goes it, but then just like rolls him up. Cause like, I just saw it as like, I'm going to steal a win here. And I saw it as like a heel move because, Hey, it's the only way I can win. Yeah. Like if he had been like, I mean, if he was just like ricochet and they let him be good. And like Umberto was like his friend and he, you know, was exhausted. He went to go shake his hand and he got quickly rolled up and got up and gave him a smile or something. Yeah. And like, I almost got you, you know, like something like that would have, but like, yeah, I just kind of like, he's going to go roll him up and I'm like, well, screw you, you loser. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like just did not go the same way for me. Yeah. See, I did like it. I saw it as a desperate, desperate man, just, you know, searching. Well, for I guess time. I saw it as desperate in a different way and not in a good way. Okay. I understand. I get it. So Zelina Vega comes out towards the end for basically no reason. Well, I guess there was a little bit of a reason. But Zelina Vega's out there watching Humberto and Ricochet. Humberto finally gets the win. It takes forever to put away Ricochet. So hopefully they still have some sort of belief in Ricochet. Andrade's music hits. And Humberto's staring at Zelina and the entrance. And Andrade attacks him from behind. He comes with the crowd. What a dastardly heel. And he rips up the padding on the floor and does his finisher that you know, double underhook DDT onto the floor and walks away. So screw the United States title. I guess it's not important. Also, screw the fans who just watched probably 30 minutes. I mean, this is six Mm -hmm. guys, five matches, essentially. And uh, there's no winner. It's frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) It went through all this trouble. And they had some good matches. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, the fans sat here and watched this, invested their time in this match. And then they just, I I, I don't get it. Like, yeah, it just, it made no sense. No. Like, I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know what There's to say. no words. It was just. No words. Horrible. So Humberto, or excuse me, Andrade walks out through the crowd instead of going up the ramp. Because Rey Mysterio is coming out to help Humberto. And then Rollins and AOP comes out. And Rollins mm-hmm. has Rey Mysterio's pipe. And he basically says, oh, I've got something for you that Kevin Owens seemed to leave laying around. And so AOP gets in the ring. They beat up Rey Mysterio. And Seth Rollins gets in the ring with a pipe. And he says, you know what, Rey? I'm a leader and I'm a merciful leader. 
So I'm not going to destroy you with this pipe. But you know what, Ray? You owe me one. And he drops the pipe. As he's leaving, he goes back in the ring, stomps Rey Mysterio's face into the mat, and hopefully we're going to have the Mysterio-Rollins match that we were promised a couple months ago that we that was never delivered on. Hopefully. Yep. Uh, we come back from commercial break, and Rollins and AOP are backstage. And uh, Rollins says, I challenge Rey Mysterio for United States title match. So, the six men that we just saw, just none of them get anything. And it, it was whole, totally pointless because Rollins could have just done that anyway. Yeah, he could have done it to start the show. Yeah, literally. So, fine. Uh, Rey Mysterio did say in a promo later on in the, in the show that he'd be willing to take Andrade on at any time. So, maybe that's something to do with it, but whatever. There's a pre-recorded interview with Randy Orton. He says he's going to take out AJ Styles with the RKO. It was bad. Orton's promo is usually good. This one was not. Asuka comes to the ring. And earlier in the show, it said Asuka in action. I'm like, all right, what jobber is he going to? Is she going to defeat? I guess Natalia. I was wrong. We actually got a pretty cool video package for Diana Perazzo, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, mm-hmm. um, from NXT. And it actually showed the NXT graphic, so I guess she's still on NXT. I have absolutely no clue while she was on Raw because I thought the wild card was done. I thought NXT guys or and girls could not be on the show anymore. So unless this is a call-up with an NXT graphic, I've got no idea. Well, it and was they weird. just beat Raw and SmackDown Survivor Series, and they're just like, <laughs> then they're like, oh, here's another NXT girl, and then she just comes out here and, uh, yeah, gets beat. She got destroyed. And, and there was this like whole like preview package for her, like, this girl is something serious, and Asuka beat her in a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I agree Asuka should have won. But it was dumb. Yeah. Also, uh, Kyrie saying they announced that she was going to be in Oscar's corner, but she, I think she came out and then didn't stay at ringside because obviously, yeah, she is. Uh, rumor is that she had a, got a concussion in the TLC match, which we could go on about that. Um, if you watched the show, you probably already heard by now what happened. Uh, basically, Kyrie got hurt. I think it was a concussion, and then she continued the match. Nobody really picked up on it. Charlotte even slapped her at one point, so people were mad at Charlotte. She had a rough match after that, and then uh, they at some point found out that she was hurt, and then it was basically Asuka who finished the match, and Kyrie just kind of sat out. But uh, she was – I think they said that she was on the second part of the tapings, like maybe she would come out or maybe she didn't show up at all. But rumor is she's got a concussion, so. Yeah, they, and I hope she's okay. She's very talented. But she's I don't, very hard I don't know why they brought her out here, said she's going to be ringside, and then just took her away. Like, if she's yeah, got a concussion, no just leave her home and say she's recovering from the TLC match they just had. Yep. Or just have her sit in ringside and have and take no bumps. That would also work. Yeah. Yep. We'll go backstage to see Becky Lynch. She cuts a really good promo. A really good promo. And says, I have no idea why I've been in this tag division, but or I didn't know, but now I do know. I thought that the powers that be were trying to bury me, but it's even worse than that. They're trying to protect me. And the reality is I don't need protecting. I understand that I'm their golden child and I'm making them a bunch of money because I'm the man. But the reality is I came here to fight and I want to prove I'm the best. She puts over Oscar, does a wonderful job, and then she stares directly into the camera and says, most of my opponents need me. Because I am what make them relevant. But this is different. Asuka, I need you. Because last year at Royal Rumble, you made me tap out. 
and it's my turn to get my revenge. I have to prove something not to anyone else, but to myself. And it was so, so good. This was an incredible promo. I absolutely loved it. And for a, for a pre-taped one, and it's not, it doesn't compare to like some of the Jericho or Cody promos that we've seen earlier in the year. But for just a pre-taped segment, this is one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. It was good, but I didn't understand it at all. Because... Really? Well, Lynch is always good at delivering promos, but... Yeah. First of all, she buried the tag team division by saying they put her in the tag division to bury her. And then she says it was... Have you seen the WWE women's tag division? Any tag division WWE? Well, yeah, but you don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) But then she goes and says that she... You know, they're protecting her from Asuka. But she just had a handicap match with Asuka and Kyrie like... A week ago. Okay. So how's that protecting her from Asuka? I don't think it's protecting her from Asuka. It's protecting that belt and keeping it on her. I think it's, is what her point was. Hmm. Okay. So that's that's the way I read it. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I so, thought it was... So they're going to let Asuka kill her in the tag division so somebody can come pick up the scraps? I suppose so. <laughs> with a teammate? Yeah. No, fine. I mean... Fine. I thought it was good. Don't ruin my, okay, don't ruin okay. my day. All right. It's okay. I thought it was good too. <laughs> Thank you. I enjoyed it. Let me add the one thing I enjoyed. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Uh, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. This match was fun. It was a lot of people are are t- saying that it was terrible. It was not terrible. It was not great, but it was fine. It could have been better for it, sure. It, that is true. Yeah, these two are much more capable of yeah of doing some great things. But yeah, I agree. Also, I do want to say. That at 11 o'clock Eastern time, during the match, the feed cuts out, and then we go to like some preview of some other show, and this is after last week's, where they almost cut it off too early, and I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. So I wait for like 15 seconds. I'm like, guess I'm going to turn it off, and as I am turning off my television, it comes back on. All right. They wrestle for like three or four more minutes. The ending was actually kind of cool because AJ was going for the phenomenal forearm. He's on the outside. He's about to jump up, but Randy Orton sees him, and he leaps up like he's going for an RKO, but AJ stops himself, but then he does it anyway, like, ha-ha, I tricked him. But, of course, he gets RKO'd. Randy Orton, one, two, three. Then Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson come out. And they beat up Randy Orton, but who comes to help Randy Orton but his two best friends in the world, the Viking Raiders. And the Viking Raiders come out, the Viking Raiders come out, and also get destroyed by the OC. So I didn't read any spoilers, but I'm going to guess that next week we're going to see Orton and the Viking Raiders versus the OC. I think that's probably fair. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that seems to be kind of how they're going. This show, it was just nothing like nothing happened you had the viking raiders versus the oc which we saw the night before you had this super long gauntlet match that wound up being irrelevant you had rowan you had what did was there a women's match on this thing i'm looking through the card they didn't have a women's match did they oh yeah oscar versus an nxt yeah. person that did <laughs> not matter and then you had a, a main event that we've seen before and it was fine but, man, they put it over the whole show. They're like, this could be a main event anywhere in the world. And I'm like, yeah. 
I don't know. I just I I thought this was a very C minus show. It wasn't bad. It was just boring. And like, I, if if I was someone that's like, I guess I'll check out wrestling. I used to like it years ago, and I came back and I watched this show. I wouldn't watch the next week. I mean, yeah, it it wasn't that great. It's I mean, I know this is like beating a dead horse, but I so wish that's that's the thing is like, if SmackDown were three hours, I could totally like this week's episode, for example. Like like I said, it wasn't boring. I mean, it was boring. Sorry, through parts, but it wasn't like bad. Yeah. If it were three hours, I guarantee you it would be bad. Oh yeah, because it would be an hour long of you know most probably mostly boring stuff, and they would have to stretch out the parts that were already boring. So it's nearly impossible for Raw to be good every week. Yep. Like three three hours just isn't working, and I really wish they would go back to two because. That's the thing. I enjoy SmackDown more, you know, just because it's two hours. Because I don't have to sit through. Because especially when there are boring parts, it makes it makes the time just stick out that much more. So I know that it's not going to happen anytime soon. But man, this show could have definitely used. Because that's the only reason a stupid gauntlet match went like thirty minutes or halfway through the show, and it was just a nothing DQ. I mean, they could have had the same finish in like 10 or 15 minutes on a two hour show and it probably wouldn't have died as much. So God, like, yeah. So it's being three hours is never going to help it, but especially when there's a show like this, it makes it that much worse. Yeah. I agree. Whenever I actually watch raw, I watch it on Hulu, which is like an hour and 30 minute cut of it. And you don't miss anything. Nothing important is cut out. Just fluff that you don't need. And Man, what? Who really wants to watch three hours? Of, if it was of good, if it was every week. If it was good, I would want to. Yeah, but it, it's not exactly. <laughs> it's just fluff, and, and it's nearly it. impossible to be good because it, it's it's like writing a Lord of the Rings movie every week. Yeah, like it's nearly impossible to do. And I will say though, uh, Fox on uh, YouTube does a recap of Raw every week that is three minutes long. So Micah, if you want to watch raw, I would suggest that over the Hulu version. <laughs> Cause, uh, it gets it the can, important stuff in. Yes. In three minutes. So a minute per hour is what uh, Fox is getting it to, which is hilarious. It has oh, yeah. one good minute per hour. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't see this until just now. WWE's Instagram, as confirmed on today's edition of WWE The Bump, Randy Orton and the Viking Raiders will take on the OC this Monday on Raw. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's super obvious. Yep. So, so. Let's <laughs> let's move on. We, we, we're, in, we're in the show quite a bit, and we still have one more show to review, and that is AEW Dynamite. Take it away, Micah. All right. Got a lot, lot to cover here. Uh, you start out the show with Hangman and Kenny versus the Lucha Bros. You're already in the ring, no entrances or anything this week. Kenny and, and Hangman are supposedly still part of the Elite, but we'll go about that uh, a little later. Uh, I really, I, I didn't expect to love this match. Um, I really liked Kenny and Hangman's match last week. I didn't expect to love this match. I don't, on, honestly, this is going to be against the grain, I don't love the Lucha Bros in a lot of their matches. Oh, whoa, whoa. I know, whoa, I know, I know. Whoa, whoa. My thing is they're they're too fast for me. There's too much going on. Um, they, they 
it, it's, yeah, try it's, imagine it's to keep no, or write notes about the matches every week like we were doing. <laughs> I don't I don't do play by plays on their matches. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, but it's it's they're too chaotic for me. But I actually really liked this match. This was probably my match of the night, uh, close with the title match, because it it seemed slowed down a little bit. I know that AEW is trying to do a better job with their tag matches to keep them a little bit more uh, sane and in the rules. Jericho even specifically mentioned the Lucha Brothers. Uh, a couple weeks ago on, on keeping them in the rules of the match and, you know, actually making sure they tag and, you know, and, and just making them seem more streamlined. And I thought this match did a good job of that. You had a lot of posturing during the match, a lot of the Sierra Mero, Meadow, whatever, taunts. Zero Meadow. Uh, yeah, that, Zero Fear. I'll just say it in English because I'm from Alabama. And <laughs> you also had a lot of the cowboy stuff chants. Uh, I thought that was great. But the, the real story of this match is Hangman and whatever they're doing with him, pretty much just an extension of last week's match. I will say that looking at him and Kenny in this match, you know, they, they had a couple of spots where they exchanged high fives. They seemed to be working together pretty well. I, I, I thought they were, they were vibing throughout the match. But then you get to the finish of the match. And uh, basically you had uh, Kenny had Penta uh, with his arm behind his back and Hangman's coming in to hit him with the buckshot lariat. Penta... I somehow ducked, even though Kenny had him held. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but then Kenny gets hit with the lariat and it just lays him out. He's knocked out. This allowed Pinna to get the win over Kenny and Hangman. And then for some reason, Hangman's upset about this because it's Kenny's fault. I don't, I don't know. He let him go. Um, Come on, Kenny. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. If anybody should be upset, it's Kenny. He's the one that got laid yeah. out. But in, either way, they killed uh, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, they killed Those Kenny. Bastards. That happened a couple times tonight, but we'll talk about that. So basically, that was that was the match. It was a great match. I really liked it. A lot happened. If you haven't watched this match, go watch it. I can't believe the fans watched Pac versus Kenny Omega, and they didn't, when he beat him, say, You killed Kenny! You bastard! Oh, that was so that good! Been great. Oh, that would have been great. Perfect. They, hey, they've got a rubber match coming up, which we'll get to. Fans, if you're listening... Go to AEWs and start this whenever. Well, they got to have a match again, I guess, but it needs to happen. I can see Excalibur saying that in commentary, (laughs) definitely. Uh, After the match, we have Hangman and Kenny. They get into it a little bit. Uh, Actually start a shoving match, which was kind of awkwardly uh, cut short. Uh, Pat comes up on the Titantron. Uh, He's backstage, and and he's he's kind of been vying for the rubber match with, with Kenny. Uh, he's backstage and he goes in the locker room. You see Michael Nakazawa. Uh, he's he's sitting in the locker room and for some reason he's sitting there with noise canceling headphones on. Apparently, he's sitting in a chair and he's staring at the wall. But you know these are nitpicks. Uh, so so Pack is talking to Kenny and, and basically calling him out and saying this is what happens if you don't I don't get in my way whatever. Uh, he shushes the camera. He goes and closes the door behind him, and Kenny just full on sprints to the locker room. I mean, it was great because a lot of times you see on wrestling, you know, you see something happening backstage and they act like it's a different yeah, universe. And they're exactly. standing in the ring like, Oh no, Oh, don't do anything. But he just like full on sprinted back yeah. there, man. He was, he was gunning it for his, uh, to, to, to help his best friend. He goes back there and the room's empty. Now, what I like to think happened was that Pac tried to grab Nakazawa, but he was so covered in baby oil that he just slipped out <laughs> and got away. So that's, that's my kayfabe for this this scenario. Uh, anyways, uh, so 
Kenny's looking everywhere for him. He's all backstage asking about him, pushing people out of the way. And then all of a sudden, he's attacked uh, by the Lucha Brothers. For some reason, I, I, I don't know. They, he, they just won. I don't know why they're attacking him. I guess because they're just mean. So, anyways. Uh, but then comes Hangman. He comes to his rescue. He shoes them off. And uh, then we we move on. If you forget about the chef match that they had and uh, Nakazawa, and and I guess he's just dead now, and nobody cares. So that's that's now, that. Mike, did you watch the TNT feed? No, I watched the Fight TV feed. Was there the picture in picture? No, we didn't break? have commercials. Yeah, Fight TV yeah. shows the whole thing through. This happened on a picture in picture for us. Yes, okay. and it is. I've been complaining about this since they started the show. I said, don't do angles and stuff important during picture in picture. And they stopped it for a little while to, they would just do like simple things. But a big chunk of this was picture in picture. And I hated it because you can't hear anything. You can barely see anything, especially like I have a 65 inch TV, so I can see. Okay. It's still small, but if you're watching, say on a, you know, a different device or a smaller TV, it's even smaller you don't get audio and it's a commercial break. Like it, what, what part of it went to commercial? Uh, when Omega left the ring. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's a lot you missed. Omega basically left the ring to look for Pac. This is what he got laid out backstage by the Lucha Bros and Paige made the save for Omega and Omega and Paige uh, went off together looking for Nakazawa and Pac and then they, they basically came back with a break. The announcers ran down the rest of the car for the evening and didn't say a word about what just happened. Yeah, it, they just completely moved on. I, I didn't like that yeah. at all. Um, this is yeah. why you pay $5 a month for AEW Plus on Fight TV, though. Get with me about that after the show. <laughs> but it, They yeah, shouldn't I, be doing this on their national television yeah, show. This, like, the, it, TNT's the important one. They're not They're not paying the bills with Fight TV, so I, yes. I get that. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll move on just like they did. Uh, after this, we have the BBB versus Cody and Darby Allen. Uh, we start out with Darby versus the butcher. And I just got to say, I never realized how small Darby actually is. He weighs, 15, uh, I guess the, he only weighs 15 pounds more than jungle boy. Yeah. It's a teeny tiny guy. It's he's like, I think they said he's five, eight, 178 pounds. Um, it's 173. I guess the other those extra five pounds. Okay. Uh, against the other competitors in AEW, it seemed like he was kind of average. Even against Jericho, he didn't look that small. But when you see him against the Butcher, who is 273 pounds, a 100-pound weight difference, mm-hmm. it was it was very Rey Mysterio, Big Show matchup kind of thing. You know, you, you start out the match, and, and Butcher the Butcher just ragdolls him, as as you would. He's, he's a child in comparison. Uh, so... But he ended up doing a couple a cool little flippy Rey Mysterio style uh, offenses. Yeah, he, throw, he works with the size because he just throws himself around so much, so it kind of works. Yeah, it it, it he's I like thought, a crazy Mysterio with a death wish. Yeah, he's like a Jeff Hardy Rey Mysterio in my mind. That's kind of a, a mix for me. Rey Mysterio flew through the air. Allen falls with style through the air. Yeah, yeah, and, and tries not to die or not very hard. But no, he doesn't try not to die. He just does it. Yeah, yeah. If was, he if he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. No, and then you uh, you had a couple really good spots in the match. Uh, Darby and Cody hit a stereo suicide dive, which was pretty cool. Darby really botched it though. Like he he yeah he he hit the rope on the way yeah, out. I, think I believe he was actually trying to go through the bottom. He fell short, and Cody went long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it didn't look that bad uh, to me. 
but I didn't watch it twice or anything. Yeah. I've only seen it once. That was that was the ending sequence. So you had Cody. He dragged the blade into the ring. Uh, he did the thing where he throws the weight belt in the crowd, which there's going to be a fight one day about this if there hasn't been already. Uh, I was thinking that the other day. So I don't grab it, start smacking everybody with the weight belt. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, Cody hits the butcher with a disaster kick to the apron. apron. It's a yappa pie strap match, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Which and this, this was probably my favorite spot of the match because Darby hits a suicide, like straight up suicidal coffin drop onto the oh, apron. Yeah. He's like inches away yep. from death at this point. I literally said that. Uh, that was Carol. I said if he was six to eight inches to his left, he would have splatted on the ground. Yeah, he'd just he'd be dead. Uh, and after that, Blade tries to roll up Cody. Cody kicks out. Uh, he hits him with a double springboard cutter, which was awesome. Uh, I, I, a lot of great spots in this match. I will say I didn't enjoy this match as much as I did last week's, which you would think, you know, Darby and Cody would be better than QT Marshall and Cody. But really, last week's match had a great story yeah. to it. Um, and this the match, fans got into it. I mean, they yeah, loved Allen too, but yeah, the they, fans were really they definitely enhanced it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you had a lot more talent and skill in this match, obviously, but uh, the last match had a li- little bit better story. A lot of people were saying that the BBB shouldn't have lost against two singles wrestlers. I mean, it's two main eventers, so I can kind of be okay with it, especially since they uh, one of them was out of the match at this point. It's not like, you know, Cody took them both out by itself. It was, it was teamwork, so. I don't I, know. I, I know that, you know, AEW doesn't want to do DQs, but I feel like this would have been a good chance for one. Because well, they, they yeah. had to get the stipulation of of the Cody Darby. Because I think the stipulation was only if they win would they have the rematch. So that's, that's where true. they were going. They for. definitely want to build toward that. But yeah, I'm really also, looking forward to that. Yeah, no, no MJF here. No promo by Cody. No follow up on MJF right now. Yeah, so just, just yeah, I guess on. it's Allen and Cody for now. Yeah, we had a. Uh, after that, we had a, a Rocky-style promo with Jungle Boy. It's pretty good. Not much to talk about. We'll move on from that. Uh, after that, we have Awesome Kong versus some local jobber. It was like three moves, and she yeah, killed her. Yeah, I was disappointed because I was yeah. really excited to see Awesome Kong in the ring. Yeah, that was that was it. I mean, that's most of her matches. Well, apparently she's not like – I mean, she's retired you know, a couple times, I believe, and she can't really do much, especially like she used to, so – that's, I think, one reason why they put Brandy with her, and she hasn't really been featured as much because she's obviously has a name, but I think they're kind of afraid to really put her to work unless she's doing like a big show or something. Yeah, it's got, to, it's got. To, I'm, I've got to wonder what they're building to with Kong because I like, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think she's going to be super effective in the ring, but I mean, she can play the, the giant role and just lay people out. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be all right. As Kong, also as Kong was coming out, Cody, uh, Brandy cut a promo in picture in picture about how Chris Statlander was going to win her match later in the night and join them. Uh, there's some mental patient there. He lays his head head on her shoulder. It's weird. I don't understand it. Uh, I mean, I understand it just as much as Jr. does. It's <laughs> it, uh, it's it's bad. I don't like it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, she hit a she hit her finisher, I guess, and the match was over. That was it. Uh, we're moving on to the, before the Jericho Jungle Boy match, there's a, uh, a, an interview JR does on Jungle Boy. I thought this was really good, uh, very heartfelt, really put Jungle Boy over. Uh, it, it hit on, you know, 
Jungle Boy facing a legend like Chris Jericho, and it really hit on his, his dad and how proud he would be to, f- to see this happening. Uh, you later see that his family is all out there supporting him, and uh, his his grandma was really into it. I don't know if you noticed that. It was uh, very very much into it. I'm, she wasn't. At they all. could not stop laughing. I was being sarcastic. The sister and yeah, yeah, the sister and the mom yeah, just constantly. Yeah, she, she didn't like it at all. <laughs> uh, actually, during this picture and picture break, I could tell because. You know, they pointed it out. Uh, Sammy Guevara comes out, which I thought was, was kind of cool with with Jericho. And they've got note cards, uh, basically cracking jokes at picture in picture. You know, ripping themselves. Yeah, which would have been great. <laughs> but as Sammy was go- as Sammy was doing it, it went to commercial. Like, it did. No, like you got to keep that. Yeah, I'm like you got to keep that in picture in picture. And Carol looked at me and she said, "Was that was that on purpose?" And no, I said, that was I don't definitely think not on so. purpose. I think we just, yeah. yeah. So we yeah, missed Okay, that. well, it was... This is probably the worst funny. it's been this week with the picture-in-picture. Picture. That, that was, was really bad. Yeah. Man, I just got to say, I really enjoy watching without commercials. So I, I, I hate that I'm not giving towards the viewership numbers against NXT, but I don't care. It's it's much better this way. Yeah, they're rewarding the, the wrong people here. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're rewarding the people who use VPNs to get Fight TV. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, I I thought that was pretty great, and I'm I'm. It's a shame that so many people missed it. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, we have the Jericho uh, ten minute non title match with Jungle Boy. I thought Jungle Boy came off great on this match. He comes out very strong. He almost gets Jericho actually with the same move that he got him with last week when Marco uh, pinned him or or, or uh, counted him for the three count. But Jericho takes control pretty soon, and he could have had Jungle Boy after he basically just kills him with a pair of code breakers. Oh yeah! But I don't know if I didn't even notice it the first time I watched it. But he makes Jungle Boy kick out. Jungle Boy's knocked out. He's dead. Oh really? I didn't know that. Jericho lifts Jungle Boy for the kick out. Hmm. Because he wants to keep toying with him, he throws him out of the ring. Uh, Hager attacks him, and of course, this makes a brawl between Hager and Luchasaurus. Uh, Marco tries to join in, but he died. Uh, everyone gets kicked out. Aubrey gets them all out of there. You know, no nonsense referee. Luchasaurus carries Marco Stone's dead carcass to the yeah, back. Yeah, he's, he's just, I guess he's going to feed on him after after the match because he's dead. I mean, we yeah. won't see him again. Uh, and after all that, there's like Marco six Marco Stone minutes. is extinct. Yeah, he, he's extinct. <laughs> uh, there's about six minutes left at this point. Uh, the, the, the brawl has allowed Jungle Boy to recover a little bit. Uh, he ends up staying in it for a few more minutes. Even, uh, hitting Jericho with three suicide dives in a row, which I thought was great. Somehow Jericho managed to get back up and get in the match. He gets, you know, a little bit more offense in. He gets Jungle Boy into the walls of Jericho. Not the Lion Tamer, the walls of Jericho. I, I, I think they kind of flip-flop on the name there. Yeah, they do. There's about 80 seconds left on the clock at this point. And, man, he, he, he just is in obviously agonizing pain the entire time. Uh, he holds on. He does not tap. Uh, great pop from the crowd. When the buzzer goes off, I loved it. Jericho thought that he tapped, and he's over there cheering and thinking that he won. And then Aubrey informs him, no, you didn't. It was a draw. And you get one of the token Jericho tantrums. Uh, he goes out of the ring. He grabs the the ring hammer, I guess, and, and throws it. He he takes uh, Justin Roberts by the collar and and basically demands five more minutes. So he goes back in the ring. The bell rings. You get five more minutes. Uh, Jericho hits him around a few times. He tries to throw him out just like last week. But Jericho, uh, from, I'm sorry, Jungle Boy 
comes back in, hits him with a Hurricane Rana into the pin, a near fall. Jericho kicks out, obviously, but Jungle Boy hits him with a crucifix after that for another near fall. And after that, Jericho just nopes out of there and takes his title and leaves because I guess he realized that he may not win that one. I love that so much. That was, it was, it was so good. Yeah. It was so Carol good. Carol and I both popped for that. It was terrific. And, and they did actually clear it up later. The second ringing of the bell was not an official match. So it was just a draw. There was no count out for Jericho against his record because he, they just rang the bell to get Jericho to shut up. Just like he would a two-year-old. Exactly. That's what Jericho is, and I love it. Uh, after the match, Tony's out there interviewing Jericho. Uh, he's in denial about what happened in the match, saying that, you know, Jung- I told Jungle Boy he couldn't beat me, and Tony's like, well, actually, you said he couldn't last 10 minutes, and he did. And he's like, nope, that didn't happen. I, I don't remember that at all. Uh, and and he, he says, uh, Tony Skivon, which I love. Every time I, I, love- I pop. He could, I love he could it. do it it's every so 10 minutes, good. and I would still pop. It's so good. My, Riley was like, why does, why does he call him that? But it's it's obviously a harken back to the WCW days. Yep, it's great. So good. Uh, he, he, he basically deflects like a politician onto the John Moxley story and says the real reason that he's out here is to talk about John Moxley. And then on January 1st, he's got a great surprise for him. They've been racking their brains in their mansion about what to do for John Moxley, but they've got a great surprise, and all he has to do is join the inner circle. So I guess we'll see on the homecoming show what's coming about with that. And you and I are going to be there live. We're, we're going to be there. We're very excited. So excited. We'll have a special episode after that, yep, I'm sure. We will. I thought this was great. And after this, we have SCU being interviewed backstage. The Lucha Brothers come out. Was, was, was this picture in picture, by the way? I'm just, just curious. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, no. Okay. I'm pretty sure we saw that. Okay, okay good. All right. So, so SCU is being interviewed. Uh, the Lucha Brothers come out, and they've got their cell phone out, or Penta's got a cell phone out, and he's playing the Christopher Daniels botch on repeat. So good. And he's basically, it's it's so good. He's telling CD, he's like, you don't have it anymore. You, you don't have it. You ain't got it. And 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 Kazarian chimes in and says, CD, oh, you can prove him wrong. But Christopher Daniels just kind of holds his head down and, and walks away. Yeah. It's also a feature on Being the Elite they kind of did – some yeah, segments this, with this and talked about the botch. Yeah, the actual the name of the last episode was Christopher Daniels botch. <laughs> so, uh, wish they yeah. would have shown that yeah. on TV because I didn't watch it. Yeah. I heard about it, but yeah, it, that's that's another thing they struggle with. But again, maybe this show should be three hours. They have enough content for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Either way, well, it technically is with dark, but yeah, that's not one hundred percent. Uh, anyways, after this, we have the women's match of the night, uh, Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker. And me personally, I've been very high on Chris Statlander. Uh, I still am. But you could definitely see during this match, there's there's a lot of inexperience on both sides with Chris and Britt. Mostly on Britt, but... I think Chris Statlander's pretty high on something. She's she's high on earth is what she's high on. Yep. And um, I will. I think that Chris is still one of the better. Literally, women on the she's roster. an alien, so she's yeah. high above her. <laughs> she's an alien. Uh, I, I think she's one of the better women on the roster. I'm glad she's getting the push still. Uh, I enjoy her gimmick, even though Kyle pokes fun. Uh, I, it's I like better it. than Sakura's. So yeah, well, yeah. You know. I, I don't know how it's gonna work out because she didn't talk this week, right? Or did she, she did. Talk? She, she talked on Dark last week. She cut a promo. It wasn't great. 
So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I know at one point she was doing, uh, I heard she was doing like an alien language to sell the gimmick a little bit more, she but did. I'm glad she's not. She did that on, on dark for a minute oh boy. or two. It was like, it was Latin basically, I think. Um, hmm. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I like quirky, fun things in wrestling. Yeah. Nothing like aliens. Just pointed this week. Nothing like an alien language than just to use a dead language from the, from the planet that you're on. I mean, even Luchasaurus talks <laughs> normal, yeah. so... Yeah, and he's got a master's degree. He's so. so good. Roar! Oh, is that what you thought I was going to talk like? Yes, this is so good. That's what we thought. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I think she's more interesting than Nyla Rose or all the other wrestlers in the women's roster without gimmicks. Yeah. I mean, she's rememberable. Uh, rememberable. Remember, memorable. Yes. Memorable. Okay. Memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm not going to go through play-by-play play of this match because it's kind of forgettable. Uh, I thought this match I will was say really, really boring. And Carol even said, there's no energy in this match. I said, I completely agree. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, it, it there wasn't. Uh, I, I really like The green finish. was showing in this match. So much green. I just, Chris's finisher looked great, though. The Big Bang Theory, she calls it. It's oh, a modified power driver. So cool. But I will say, I hope no one dies because it looked like Britt almost died. Yeah. She almost got Steve Austin there for a second. Yep. Uh, Chris Statlander did end up coming up with the win. A little bit to my surprise because she actually, I don't know if this was something that AEW put out there. She had a match scheduled and promoted for January 1st from some other promotion. Really? Yeah. So I really thought that she was going to lose because that was circulating all, everywhere online. I was like, well, surely Britt's going to win because this other match is going to happen on January 1st. That's pretty I don't, cool. I don't know if that was a diversion or if she didn't know she was going to win the match at that point, I I don't know. Maybe because what happened after the match, she can't fight on January 1st. I hope that doesn't happen. That's stupid, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, After the match, speaking of, uh, she's interviewed by Tony. She boops Tony on the nose because that's what she does. Uh, But that's all that happens as far as she's concerned, because then Brandy comes out. Brandy crowd killer, as I like to call her, uh, with the rest of her gang, because man, she's she's begging an alien to join her cult. It's, you can you can make fun of the alien gimmick, but you have a cult leader trying to get an alien in their cult. Yes, it, 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 that that baffles my mind, and and it's a very strange women's division. It's <laughs> very very strange. So she's she's begging Chris to join, you know, she's she's high on Chris Statlander. And then Chris goes to boop her nose. The crowd's chanting, no, don't do it. But then mid-boop, she motions her finger and says, no, 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 at Brandy. She turns to leave, but then Brandy comes with the classic woman's wrestling move of the heel in the eye. Yep. Classic heel move, some might ah, say. Ah, I see it. Yeah, I got you. See, I got you. No, but so you've got the executive vice president's wife leading a cult trying to recruit an alien. I I hate it. I hate it so much. I want it to go away. I don't want to see it anymore. I hate that this is what Kong is is in. I hate this is what she's intertwined with. I don't hate many things about AEW, but I hate the Nightmare Collective. Maybe they'll change my mind. I will turn over to Chris Statlander's side and will become a fan if next time she appears on TV, she's eating a bag of Reese's Pieces. Why? What? 
E.T. Oh. That's like oh. his thing. That's his thing. I got gotcha. you. Oh she God. should have, she should come out with a wig and the dress and everything. That'd be great. This is how he we only dressed. rode the ET ride like a million times <laughs> at Universal. They're so you all I was like concerned about was fake names. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. So anyway. I don't I don't hate it as much as you do, but it is weird that it's Brandy. And I'll tell you, I didn't really care for the Dark Order at first, and they've totally switched my my mind yeah. with these amazing vignettes. So. I am not right now. I don't like it, but I think that AEW has their finger on the pulse, and when pe- when things aren't working, they do a good job turning it around. So maybe, maybe I'll like it in a few weeks. They did. They did kill the librarians, basically. basically yeah. So <laughs> we'll 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 see. Uh, so, anyways, after this, moving on from that terribleness, we have Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard backstage, and. Spears is explaining how an AEW tag teams are in the forefront, and even tonight's main event is a tag team match. So Spears is basically campaigning for a new tag team partner. I guess him and Kip didn't work out last week. That's, you know, I guess this will add to something, but right now that's all there is to it, so we'll move on. Uh, Next we have a promo which is literally cut straight from BTE with the Young Bucks. Like, this is a portion of BTE from this week. Which they finally. should do more often. Yes. Yeah. BTE is so yeah. good. It's so good. And, and if you don't if you don't know about I mean, how many people really know about it that watch every week? Because they, they've never mentioned yeah. it. And if you really think about it, if you only watch the, the t- television show, who are the elite to you? How do you know who yeah. they are? That's never really been explained, to be honest with you. Do you even know that Hangman is a member of the yeah. elite? Do you know that Dustin actually isn't a member? Because that's they didn't mention him leaving the elite on TV. But yeah, if they if the casual fan doesn't know what the elite is, then why do they care? Yeah, and they didn't show it. So like, there's no context to be like, what did he do? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Basically, the promo is just saying they're the best, but they haven't proved it. SEU holds the titles, and they're gonna come out this week and prove that they're the best and they hope that it doesn't ruin Christmas because they're having SVU over and they're going to hold the belts displayed on their mantle or whatever. Uh, that's a pretty good promo. I, I like BTE. I like the BTE stuff. I wish they would do this more often. And uh, I guess that's that. Next up, we have the main event of the evening, SCU versus the Young Bucks. Uh, I really didn't know going into this match which way it was going to go. I, I, I didn't think SCU would lose the belts but I didn't know what the ending was going to be. I did not think they would have a clean win over the Young Bucks. I thought they would have some kind of interference with the inner circle, but but no, we we didn't. I think the the story of the match was good, of how the Young Bucks come in battered and bruised from the last week's match. Uh, there were some, some really good spots. I can't even name them all, because obviously it's the Young Bucks versus SCU. They're both extremely talented. Uh, this match really showed that off. And man, this show really just show just just made me think how lucky we are to watch good tag team wrestling on a mainstream oh, man, circuit. Yeah. I mean, from the first match, which Hangman and Kenny aren't even really a tag team, but I, I loved that yeah. match. I loved this match. I, th- I thought it was great. I think this match definitely puts him legitimately to uh, SCU's title reign. I I do wish the Young Bucks would quit burying themselves so much, Kenny included. I I understand. You know, they're the EVPs, but I'm afraid they're going to bury their self so much. The casual fans are going to quit yeah, caring. Yeah. I think they might already have. Like, obviously the ratings are have gone down a little bit 
it's it's backtrack a little bit. They they tie with AEW last week. I mean, uh, NXT. with NXT last week. Uh, I don't. Did they come out with the ratings this week? Yeah, they, they lost by a lot. Yeah, NXT beat them so, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So I don't exactly. So it, my issue is it, we talk more, you know, about it after the, you know, the, I guess we talk about the the last part of the segment too, but. <sighs> Yeah, like when All Elite Wrestling, when it started, who was it? It was the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes. They were the stars. And I mean, I get it. There's their promotion. And even if Cody doesn't want to be the champion, because, you know, that's kind of what Dusty did. And Young Bucks want to put people over. It's, it's like they've gone too far to the other side. Like, obviously, you don't want all the executives holding belts and not putting anybody over. But they're the stars. Yeah. Yeah. They should be shining. And. I said when Young Bucks lost to Private Party in the first round of the tag team t- tournament, I didn't like it. I liked the match, and I thought it was like it might you know help Private Party kind of get put. I mean, it, it was a great match, and it put them over. But what did they do with the match of that? We all kind of knew they were going to lose to you know either Lucha Brothers or right. if they didn't win the tag team titles after that big win, it was for nothing. And that's what happened. Like They just yeah. ended up losing, and Private Party is just another tag team now. So why did the Young Bucks – give them the shine if they weren't going to win. And and they've been losing, you know, primarily. And it's it's kind of aggravating that they come on and say that they're the best tag team in the world. They're going to prove it. JR's put them over as like the greatest tag team. And then they just lose. Clean. Just a straight clean loss. Yeah. I mean, you're not the best if you're not the champions and you're losing all the time. You know, like, and I'm not saying they have to be come in and get like a Goldberg streak, but they're a big reason why they got the young audience. I mean, they they had the hot topic deal before they you know had this uh, this brand. You know, that's why WWE wanted them so bad. I mean, they're stars. They need to capitalize on it while they can, and then put young guys over. You know, once they kind of emerge, but yeah, before it fades away, because and, and Omega the same way. Like he's he's done the same thing, and I, I'm ha- I'm really hating the Adam Page heel turn. Like it makes sense story wise, but I don't think it's the best thing for him. I mean, he's. Maybe he'll be able to pull it off, but I'm I'm just not for it right now. And same thing with Cody, like he's out of the title picture now. Like but he was so beloved. Yeah, he was so beloved. Like, why not capitalize on that? I mean, I'm not saying he had to beat Jericho right out the gate, but you know, he could come back and have like a you know, a great match with Jericho later on for the belt and actually win it. And there's just so much they could do, and I feel like they're just they're taking a back seat because they're unselfish, but they're the stars of the show. I mean, there, there's chances for other guys to emerge. And I mean, SEU, I don't, I don't really have a problem with them being tag team champions, but they're not as big as the Young Bucks. I mean, at least not now. So, it, yeah, yeah it, I think it's hurt. It's clearly hurting them in the ratings. So, they, I think they need to do something about it. Yeah, I really think. As much as I love Jericho, I think they might have been better off with Kenny as their champion just because of how many people were hot on Kenny as the best wrestler in the world. And then yeah, and, now, and I like Jericho and Moxley being in their position as well. Like they've done well holding them, but they're WWE guys. I mean, yeah. they can't hide that. Like it's, that's who they are. But, you know, and yeah, there's not, I, th- I think it's just because they're unselfish and they don't want to be like, we're the executive VP, so we don't want to just bury everybody, but somebody's got to rise to the top. And like I said, they they were the stars coming in and it's kind of, that's why people, you know, were going and 
they they you know sold out when they did all in. They sold out when they did all out, and then that's why people bought in and did what two million viewers for the debut of the show, or or it was like one point five million. It's one point four. Yeah, so that's why they tuned in because they they like these guys. They're behind these guys, but they're taking a back seat now to these other people. So maybe it'll work out, but I don't think yeah. it's working out right now. And a lot of people don't realize also that Kenny is in the same position as the Bucks and Cody. So they think that, you know, Kenny's getting buried by Cody and the Bucks. But he's he's in the same position. He just doesn't flaunt it as much, I don't think, as uh, the Bucks and Cody do. But we we, we could spend an hour talking about this. Uh, um, we, we can probably do a roundtable. Sounds like a good roundtable discussion. Yeah, good roundtable. So we'll, we'll finish up with this show here after the match. Uh, SCU won. Uh, they did an SCU later on, I believe it was Matt. May have been Nick. I got a 50-50 shot there. Uh, anyways, they, they, got, they got the pin. They won. Uh, after the match, uh, the Bucks and SCU, they exchange handshakes. You know, they're they're cordial with each other. But then out come the Creepers, followed shortly by Stu and Uno. Uno's got a mic, which I will say I like Uno on the mic. I think he's doing very good. He mentions, he comes out, he mentions that he would love for the Bucks to join them after their loss tonight. But this is not a recruitment. This is an initiation. Then you have the Beaver Boys coming out, and they're in full Dark Order getup, minus the mask. And uh, Uno six all of his Creeper Dogs on SCU and the Young Bucks. You have a brawl breakout in the ring, as we usually do on AEW. You, of course, followed by run-ins, as you do on AEW. You have Christopher Daniels running in. He's killed. Then you see Kenny running in, getting a great running V-trigger. I loved it. But then he's also killed, again, Burying him a little bit, but, you know, whatever. Uh, then you have Cody and Dustin coming in. They're also murdered. So you've got all your stars coming out and getting murdered by people in Gimp Mask. So whatever. Uh, then you've got Uno in the ring now. He gives Alex and John their mask. And uh, he does something with Matt's mouth. I don't know. Did, you, did y'all make that out? I don't know what he was doing. It looked like he was like trying to rip out his tooth or something. I don't yeah, know, but don't he did know. cause he did get blood. I don't know if the blood was real or not. I don't know. It made me uncomfortable, and I didn't like it. Um, but either way, uh, I will say, if you notice, all the jobber creepers have green mask, and Alex and John got purple mask to match right. those. But did you notice there's one more creeper with a purple mask? I actually did notice that, and I don't know what the Did you notice who he happened to look a lot like? No. Hey, Brent Cutler. <laughs> oh, really? It, it, it was totally Brandon Cutler. Like, it was either Brandon Cutler or somebody with the exact build, bald head, same skin tone. And he had like a, a an insignia on his, on his mask. I don't know if it's something to do with Dungeons & Dragons. Maybe you could tell me. Uh, but they haven't have mentioned at it. About that BT or anything about Cutler, so I, I don't know. Did well, that's not entirely true. On the most recent episode, they had that recruitment, like that poster, and both Cutler and Nakazawa stopped and looked at it. Yeah, um, he is a loser, so he would be perfect yeah. for it. But I don't know if they would do it without in the ring and out of the ring because he's <laughs> you know he's a Dungeons and Dragons guy. Did okay, whatever. Did they? Did they really just need an extra creeper and he was available backstage? Yeah, said, probably. That is entirely possible, but yeah. He he did so happen to have the other color mask. He had a special insignia on his head. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Tune in on January 1st and maybe we'll find out. Yeah, we'll be there. I I will say overall, I enjoyed the show. 
there's not been many AEW dynamites that I did not enjoy. Uh, I thought it had some some good, some really good matches. Uh, I didn't have commercials, so obviously I enjoyed it more than the rest of the people on the podcast. I think if I were to rate it, I'd probably give it a B. You know, it's not a not a not a not an above average show, but it was good. It was a good show. I think I'd give it a B. Last week I gave the show an A. I really enjoyed last week. I really enjoyed the stuff with uh, Jericho and Jungle Boy. I thought that was great. That really redeemed a lot of the show for me. I thought there was a lot of good wrestling on the show. And the main negatives were, were Brandy, to be honest with you. So Okay. So what did, what did you think about the show, Matt? I think that I need to point something out because we talked a little bit about this before we got started. Or I told you I wanted to say something. Yeah. So, as someone that doesn't regularly watch Dark and Being the Elite, not because it isn't good, but because I don't have a lot of time, and I'm already watching three wrestling shows a week, not including pay-per-views. When they went, last week, during Hangman Page and Kenny Omega tagging, you had that one little spot where Hangman tagged himself in, and Kenny's like, he looked a little shocked, but then he's like, whatever. And then they go to the back. On this week, at the beginning of the match, JR and Tony and Excalibur were freaking out like, these guys had this huge falling out. You know, are they going to be able to tag together? What's going to happen to their friendship? I'm like, wait a second. Last week, all I saw was one tag team partner tag himself in, do his finisher, get the pin, and the other tag team partner going, oh, actually, I had that, but, you know, no big deal. And then they leave. And the whole match, they were talking about this. And I'm like, well, this is obviously, you know, something's going to happen and they're going to lose, whether it's miscommunication or something. It was so obvious to point out. And I think that was a very poor job done, not by the announcers, because I'm sure that's how they were, you know, told to do it. Maybe something happened on Dark or being the elite, but you know what? Nope. Casuals don't watch that. They don't. So AEW has to stop using that as a secondary show, and they have to have everything done on Dynamite. And then at the end, they're like, oh, Hangman Page isn't with them. I'm like, but he was just with Kenny looking for Nakazawa. So what, like, that, not a lot of things in AEW really got under my skin, but this was like WWE, you know, screwing up storylines bad. Like, it made absolutely no sense whatsoever None. And while they were talking about that, I was enjoying this incredible tag team match going, wait a second, none of that makes any sense. And it was really frustrating. Yeah, I, I think a good way to sum of the show is good in-ring work, bad angles. Yeah, and that's, that's 100% fair. Like, Except other than Exactly. Other than Chris Jericho, who's like always great, I didn't really care for any of the other angles. And I cared about the Dark Order. I love the vignettes they've been doing. I didn't like this in the main event. Like, I don't, and I don't know how it could have been. Like, I get they want to push them, you know, and I thought they did a great job with, the pro, you know, the promos that's been going on. But uh, just having them come out and attack, the, you know, the Bucks and everybody. And then, like, every single one of the babyface stars came out and got killed. Like, I just didn't like it. Like, I, I just said, you know. They're, they're stars for a reason and they just came out and laid down for the Dark Order and the fans they died for this like it wasn't like they were booing like crazy and do and, and they'll usually play along like you know if MJF's cutting a promo on Cody and he brings up the list for something you know fans will they'll play along and even though they probably a lot of them like MJF they'll boo him because they know he's you know being a jerk 
But here they they didn't really react. They just kind of like watched it and it happened. It was very it just reminded me of when Dark Order debuted and the fans were just kind of like, "Huh?" Yeah. Like it just didn't have I don't think it had the impact they wanted for sure. Obviously because it it wasn't like a big reaction from the fan. It wasn't they just everybody just came out and died. Like I think they wanted it to be like a huge thing because they were like, you know, Dark Order's got the numbers, blah blah. blah. I just, and I don't know how they could have done it any different and it been better, but I just wasn't a fan of it. So if I were booking it, what I would have done is I would have had the Dark Order not necessarily just straight up interfere with the match, but I would have had them make the match in in an, you can't have a clean you can't have a clean win there in my opinion. You shouldn't have a clean win there. And the Dark Order are coming out anyways. They're going to beat everybody up anyways. Why not have the lights go out? All of a sudden, the ring is surrounded in the middle of the match by creepers, and they need like twice as many as they had. Like they need to make a serious army of this thing, surround with creepers, and then just drag them all out of the ring and carry them out. I mean, that would have been better than what we had. It, it would have. And if I were to fantasy book this, I would say I would have the Dark Order just start, you know, towards the bottom like slow build this just like they've been doing with the promos. Cause it's always going to take a little bit before the fans get into it. And I don't understand how this, like, who are they targeting? They just targeted everybody. Are they just going to fight with the elite now? Like is SCU going to be with them? Is, you know, Hangman page wasn't there. So, I mean, is, is, is he going to play a part? Like we don't know yet, but I mean, they're just targeted everybody. So I would have rather have seen them come in and maybe attack a cutler or something and immediately get him to join. And then they slowly like move up the ladder, start taking other people out, you know, maybe attack the, the jungle express and Marco stunt joins them. Like start building your army. Don't just come out with a bunch of geeks and then, you know, take a, you know, it would have made a lot more sense if they had like some prominent stars on the roster, join their team and made them this strong, make it a slow build. And then, then the fans could, you know, see it and expect it. Like they're just so caught off guard, I think by this. And they just kind of sat on their hands and, didn't know how to react. They're like, kind of like, okay. Like, I don't know. It just didn't hit like I thought they, or they probably wanted it to, but so, so I, I mean, I just wasn't a fan of it. I think it fell flat. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fair. But so to end the show for the week, Kyle. Yes. Let's do your brass ring and your future endeavor. Okay. So rewinding a little bit, I'm actually going to give the brass ring this week to uh an un- unsung hero but he's he's getting some praise now but i'm gonna definitely put the spotlight on him samojo my god this guy on commentary like everything it sucks just turns to gold man it, it, yes i mean he's great and i'm going to see him kind of the main roster you know, come back and be you know a star like he deserves to be and hopefully they'll give him the punk treatment because that's kind of what happened punk he went to commentary and they realized how great he was and started giving him more opportunity and then he became the best in the world. I'm hoping, maybe just crossing my fingers and gritting my teeth that Vince sees something in this guy and appreciates him doing what he's doing. But as an announcer, he's just equally as great. Like I would, I almost hate seeing him go because he's made this Raw team so much better. And just, just to give you an example of why this guy's so great, on TLC, he was talking about the Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy match. 
We're not going to talk about the rest of the show. Actually, I am going to talk about it, but I, I won't go into most of it. But in this good match, Aleister Black gets busted open. His nose explodes at some point in the match, and he has to continue on. And this this spot in particular, it's one reason I like Mauro Ronaldo a lot as an announcer because he calls the action. And this is a prime example of that. Samojo at one point notices that Aleister Black with a bloody nose, his mouth is agape. He's breathing out his mouth. And he just points out, it's, it, but it's such a small detail. I just loved it so much. He says, Aleister Black, with his nose so busted open bloody, is now having to breathe out his mouth, and it's cutting off his breathing. It's going to make it harder now for him to you know, win this match. Like That adds so much to it. It's like such a small thing, Yep. but it's something that none of the other announcers would pick up on. Right. They would say something stupid like, like oh, his He's got, you got blood on or they would just try to ignore it and just like not pay attention to it. But like Smojo adds it to the match. He makes it something that's important. The smallest detail, like he is making this announced team so much better. Plus Corey Graves is making it and Michael Cole making their SmackDown announced team so much worse. So I'm giving it to Smojo just because he's awesome at everything he does, but specifically as the announcer and the future endeavor. So I almost there there were a lot of things that were you know candidates for the future endeavor, and man I gotta tell you I almost gave it <laughs> before I watched uh, TLC I almost gave it to the uh, WWE Encyclopedia writers because uh, you might not know about this but it's a present that my girlfriend got for me uh, for my birthday this year it was a WWE Encyclopedia and I was aghast when I started to read it finally and I know my birthday's back in September. I'm just reading it in the month of December because I'm horrible, a uh, horrible boyfriend. But I was, I opened it up finally. I started looking through it and it's actually pretty cool. It's just got like a list of all the WWE superstars like ever. But I turn the page early on in the book and I see Alexa Bliss has a very tiny, tiny picture. Like it's an inch wide of Alexa Bliss. Okay. And Alicia Fox is like blown up on the same page. And I was like, oh my God, I was so aghast. I almost gave it to her right then. <laughs> But you know what? This geek who came and stole this award this week, The Miz, I've been going on and saying, I've actually enjoyed The Miz, Daniel Bryan, Bray Wyatt story that's been going on SmackDown because it's been like an episodic thing. It's played out slowly. Even though it's had weird parts like Daniel Bryan getting his hair ripped out and everything, I've actually liked it okay. And like I said, I enjoyed this segment you know, this past Friday leading up to the show with The Miz. I mean, he comes out on TLC, basically. He says, you know, what happened on SmackDown and said, you know, the baby doll, Bray put it in here. He scared my daughter. Basically said, I'm going to kill this man, which is the right thing to do. He's a father. His baby was compromised. Miz or Wyatt broke into his house, haunted his little daughter, probably did mental damage to his daughter. You know, it could be temporary, could be permanently, who knows, but he's going to kill him as any dad, good dad would do. And what does the Miz do? He said, he's a different man. He's not going to wrestle as the Miz tonight. He's going to be Mike Mizan and he's going to go out here and kill this man. So he goes out there and he stands in the ring and then Bray Wyatt, not the fiend comes out and he's smiling. He's waving to the crowd and Miz just stands there. He gets in the ring and Miz just stands there. And then he goes on to wrestle Bray Wyatt, who I actually thought might lose this match. Because I thought if WWE, I've foolishly thought if WWE 
wanted to do an interesting story part here. They would make Bray Wyatt lose to The Miz because Bray Wyatt is human. He's nonchalant. He's the happy-go-lucky guy. But when he puts on the Fiend mask, it gives him his power. It makes him evil. I thought that would be a good story. But no, this moron comes out here, The Miz, and just straight up gets beat, the snot beat out of him by Bray Wyatt. He gets hit with a sister Abigail. He gets pinned. And then he just leaves. So Mike Mizanin comes out here to defend his daughter, to save her, and he just gets beat. So all this was for nothing. Actually, it was really for Daniel Bryan to make his triumphant, triumphant return, who comes in and then destroys Bray Wyatt, as he should, for cutting his hair. So just for context, we have Daniel Bryan gets a haircut, kills Bray Wyatt, and then we have The Miz, who his daughter is traumatized, his wife is traumatized, fearing for his family's life, comes out here and gets beat by Bray Wyatt. Miz, Mike Mizanin, best of luck in your future endeavors, you loser. So for longtime listeners, they'll remember that when Shane McMahon defeated The Miz multiple times and The Miz could not defend his dad's honor, I said multiple times, The Miz's face is ruined. There is nothing they can do to save him. And I was right. He's a dork. He's a geek. Yeah. And he, he's just worthless. Like he can't even defend his own family so. against Bray Wyatt. Not even the fiend. The fiend's been the one changing people. Bray Wyatt got destroyed by Seth Rollins. The geekiest, the geekiest geek on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just, I don't know. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 73 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you so much for hanging out with myself, Micah, and Kyle. You can find us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Kyle, where can they find you on Instagram? At Kyle.Polly. Micah doesn't like to give his stuff away. Sorry, guys. You can find me at Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram and Facebook. And you can actually. Listen to us anywhere on Anchor.fm, on Spotify, on Radio Public, on literally anywhere you get your podcast. So tell all your friends. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a wonderful day, guys. See you guys. Merry Christmas.